Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Provider Solutions and Development. With a projected shortage of 124,000 physicians by 2034, you need an excellent recruitment partner. Provider Solutions and Development is a leader in physician and APC recruitment because they do recruitment differently with no commissions or quotas. With their nationwide provider network, PS&D, We'll work one-on-one with you to create a highly customized recruitment plan designed to find the right candidates for the job. Visit info.psdconnect.org forward slash outcomes rocket. That's info.psdconnect.org forward slash outcomes rocket to start the conversation today. Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. I want to welcome you back to the podcast. We've got a a really interesting series on nursing and nurse leadership after the pandemic. And today I am so privileged to have an incredible nurse leader join us. His name is Sylvan Sil Trepanier, and he is the System Chief Nursing Officer for Providence. In this position, he serves as the voice for nursing at the most senior executive level, representing nursing practice for 48,000 nurses in 52 hospitals, over 1,000 clinics in seven states. He also serves as the co-chair for the system's workforce council. Dr. Trepanier is a seasoned nurse executive with healthcare system experience in executive leadership, organizational transformational, and system standardization roles. Dr. Trepanier is a fellow of the American Academy of Nursing and a fellow of the American Organization of Nurse Leadership. He got his bachelor's and also master's degree in nursing from University of Montreal in Canada and his doctorate of nursing practice from Texas Tech. He's just an incredible person and an executive we need his type of leadership in really the, the health system today. And I'm so privileged to, to welcome him to the podcast. Sil, welcome. Good morning, Saul. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And so, you know, there's so much going on for, for nurses today and really for, for a lot of healthcare leaders. We're going to cover a lot of that today. But before we do, I wanted to ask, what inspires your work in healthcare? Great question. You know, I... I knew I wanted to be a nurse at a pretty young age. Um, my my dad was was diagnosed as one of those rare late type one uh, diabetic, and I, I just saw him being so sickly and really wanted to do something, and uh, really was drawn into into healthcare, more specifically uh, nursing. So I it was very clear to me, you know, after high school and you know college, went into I did all of my pre and the work that I needed to do to to get there. And interestingly enough, something that I knew right at the onset, no surprise, uh, I went into uh, care for diabetic patients and 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 felt that I needed to be certified in uh, in that. In fact, when I was a nursing student, 
I was the nurse uh, in a uh, in a camp for diabetic kids. Oh. Uh, I did that uh, for a while, and then and then practiced in that environment. I also knew that I wanted to be a. I didn't I didn't know what to call it then. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be called a chief nurse, but I knew I wanted to be a, a, a nurse executive, and uh, and that's the path that I've been on. I love it, and and so you you were able to kind of dive into that experience that you had with your dad and said, I'm going to do something more. This Mm -hmm. is going to be impactful. Mm -hmm. And you did it from the beginning, which is inspiring. Not a lot of people have that clarity. So like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. So a testament to, to what you've done and how you do it. When you think about Providence and, and the work that you do, what would you say you guys do and that adds value to the healthcare ecosystem? I am so grateful uh, to be practicing right now in uh, at Providence, a, uh, a healthcare system, non-for-profit, mission-driven organization that was founded by many congregation of sisters. Interestingly enough, the one of the major congregation is the Sisters of Providence, who, by the way, uh, were founded in Montreal, Canada. Oh, nice. In fact... Your hometown. My, I know my very first <laughs> clinical as a uh, as a nurse as a nursing student was in a hospital that was founded by the Sisters of Providence. So I feel I feel like I'm I'm home. I feel yes. like I'm um, I'm coming full circle. Being able to practice in an organization that truly lives its uh, its values and, and mission. I mean, it's very clear we are here with a vision of health for a better world and how we go about doing that is leaning in to the needs of the communities where we, where we serve actively and in collaboration and partnership with other community leaders, uh, identifying best ways to, uh, to meet those needs, uh, those healthcare uh, needs uh, and beyond. So we, we believe in the importance of whole person care and, and really taking uh, individuals where they are in their lives today and, and how can we best partner with them in bringing them to their, their utmost you know, health uh, status, if you will. Uh, and, and it's an organization that really lives for that. And that is super refreshing to me. Having, you know, I was raised as a nurse in a, um, uh, as we just talked about in Montreal, Canada, in a, in a completely different healthcare system where health promotion is at the heart of much of what I was trained for. Mm-hmm. So in order to be able to practice in an environment like that uh, is very uh, refreshing and rewarding for me. That's really great to hear. And and there is this this turn for, you know, wellness and, and you know, taking care of people now. I know you guys are, are making some really great moves in the hospital and the home and mm-hmm. how nurses interact with, with patients where they're at mm-hmm. is really a testament to, to the advances that, that uh, are being made by you and the team there. If you had to point to anything that you feel makes the way you guys deliver care different, what would you say it is? You know, I would say that it's definitely our deliberate approach uh, where where we show up delivering whole person care. I would say that that is definitely, I mean, everyone talks about the importance of holistic uh, care. And I get that. I would, I would though say that 
Providence nurses are, are very deliberate about creating and respecting those sacred encounters that, you know, that happens, you know, every day. It, it, that, that really stems from, you know, being present, connecting mm-hmm. with those that we, that we care for. So we, we have lots of conversations around what does that mean for us? What does that mean for, uh, you know, for our patients? And, and so that, that, that presence is, is, is super important. So because it's always in the back of our mind and because we want to show up that way, and uh, because we're tuned in with community partners in identifying what are those needs, I'd say that that, that is one differentiator uh, for sure. And, and, and our constant focus on, on our North Star, health for a better world. It is our North Star. And we talk about it. And we, you know, we have a practice in our health system when we meet as a group. For any meetings, we start our meeting by uh, by having a moment of reflection to connect us. I like that, we connect we connect the group, the team, to our vision and mission, so that we can we we can stay true uh, to our uh, to our existence and uh, being focused on our true north, and we don't lose sight of that. I mean, that has so much value. One. One, it, it it helps you stay connected, and I would I would say that it inspires you in conversations where you you could you I mean there's so much noise in healthcare today you could lose sight of your true north in a split second. So this constant practice of of reflecting prior to a conversation is is also something that uh, that differentiates us on how we approach things. That's fantastic, Sil. And in the in, in the environment that we're in, too much focus, I think, goes to technology and strategy. While very important, there's nothing like that presence. And 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 it sounds like you guys have built in reflection as part of your operating mechanisms. And I think we all need to be thinking about that. So, folks, what are you doing in your practice of business or medicine? to standardize this reflection. I think it's a fantastic idea and one that we all need to be thinking about. So thank you for sharing that, Sil. With, with a lot of the things that we've faced, COVID environment, mm-hmm. there's been so many setbacks, but also growth. Can you talk to us about maybe one of those setbacks and a key learning that came from that? Yeah, my God, identifying one, that's that's that's, that's, a, hard, that's a hard thing. So much has happened so in the last, what has it been two and a half years now? Yeah. I, I would say though, and, and particularly because we were, I mean, we were building the plane as we were flying it mm-hmm. most days, particularly at the beginning. You know, one thing that that I came to realize fairly quickly, and uh, and that I that I had noticed with other leaders, with other nurses for that matter, I mean, and, and anyone, we don't deal well with uncertainty in healthcare. Now, remember that most of what we do, inherent to what we do, it, it's, everything is evidence-based, right? You don't, right. You, you want to know, soul, when you go into a hospital that we're not testing stuff on you real life, right? You oh. want to know that we're, so 
that, that our business requires us and it has always required us at least you know since i've been a nurse that you know what's what's the latest evidence and and how do we how do we make sure that we bring this to the bedside so all those uncertainties made us super uncomfortable and quite frankly we were not i was not prepared for that you know i'm i'm i practiced in the emergency department for a fair amount of time during my clinical years I would, you know, back then you would have asked me, was I prepared to address, you know, disaster? I'd go like, yes, we practice, we do this. In fact, I can't tell you the number of, of emergency preparedness sessions that I have, that I've led myself in, you know, in, in hospitals uh, and the likes. So would always say back then, yeah, we know we're ready. Man, I, I had no clue <laughs> what a real disaster yeah. was. Yeah. I didn't. And the majority of us didn't. Yes. You know, I, I, you know, I, I practiced in environments where we had like hurricanes and, and, and I have colleagues who unfortunately have faced some really horrible local tragic event. And we've all, many have faced that. None of our generation has faced two and a half years of ongoing you know, trauma and, and, and being super uncomfortable uh, in this space. So quite frankly, my biggest lesson has been learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. And quite frankly, what that requires is a great deal of vulnerability yeah. on part of all leaders, something that doesn't necessarily come naturally as well. So I'd, I'd want to I think it's important that we recognize that, that we talk about it. You know, it's okay, I guess, to still feel uncomfortable to a certain extent, but it starts by calling it out for, you know, for ourselves. The other thing I would say in is in our in our environment, we learned that it's actually possible to innovate on your feet. Hmm. And that yeah. was something that was very different uh, to us. And um I'm thinking, I'm aspiring, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll be able to flex those muscles a little bit more as I think about uh, the future, because there's still tons of innovation that needs to occur in our in healthcare. Thank you for that, Sil. Number one, thanks for for the vulnerability. It starts from the top. And, and, you know, an organization with leadership like yours that, that um, allows the room for vulnerability is, is a, is a learning organization that, that moves forward, you know? And, and I think I, I have major respect, uh, for you and for leaders that can do that. It's, 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 I think it's table stakes and the pandemic was challenging for all of us. We're turning the corner now. I, I mean, there was so much innovation that happened in, in, in the last two and a half years, very trying years but more has to happen. And so I, I, uh, I'm excited to see what we can get out of the learnings that we all have, have, uh, have made to see how we could shape the, the future of healthcare. So if you, if you're, where does your mind go? So with this question, what's one healthcare trend or technology that's going to change healthcare as we know it today? I would say, you know, we have gained so much so much grounds in when I think about telehealth and how it is leveraged. Now, let's be honest, part of the reason why we've gained so much of that ground over the last two and a half years is because the reimbursement 
right. was also there. So, you know, we have to recognize that. And, and that's why it's very important, quite frankly, that we all uh, send the message uh, to our lawmakers that we cannot go back and that can't go away. You know, there, there is risk. Uh, that some of the some of the reimbursement in that space could go away. So put that plug in there. That's very important. But telehealth is very is very important, and that really translated into virtual care, mm-hmm. virtual care in spaces that we had not seen it before. When I think about hospital at home, uh, you, you know, you alluded to it earlier, and yes, we are in that space, and would love to do more of that. Uh, that creates, we have our own sets of barrier around that, uh, and some of which are self-inflicted, meaning that it's a big change. It's a big practice change for all disciplines, and not all disciplines are necessarily embracing it as much as we would want uh, We want them to. We'll get there, I have no doubt. And the, the advent of leveraging virtual care in, in the acute care setting had been up until the uh, up until the uh, the epidemic really had been uh, focused on specialty care. You know, you may have heard, and some of the listeners may have heard of uh, tele ICU, for instance, or uh, yes. or or name the specialist that we would that we would bring you know virtually into the into the space. What we had not done though is how can you how can you support the team that's there today? Above and beyond specialty, you know, physician care. So we've had colleagues across the nation who started providing virtual nurses to help the nurses at the bedside, you know, and in in examples like that. In fact, some healthcare system even advertised, you know, internally as well as you're going to start to see. I suspect you're going to start to to read more and more in the literature about, you know, virtual nursing units. I am very inspired uh, by uh, by that, and 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 the reason for this is the International Council of Nursing, which is a, a world organization, reminded us that by 2030. Now, this 2030 is like what, like uh, eight years away? Eight years. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> it is possible <laughs> that you and I, that the world may face a, a 13 million nursing shortage 13 million nurses short worldwide you know i'm sorry but that's a country right think about that that's a huge huge gap it's huge so it doesn't matter how good we are in recruiting it doesn't matter how good we are in retaining people we cannot keep doing the work the way we're doing it right now because we it, we just won't have it, we just won't have enough people. Yeah. So it's really it's so whether whether it's telehealth, right? Going back to your question, and, and how to better leverage telehealth in uh, in virtual care in the acute care setting, coupled with doing the work very differently, is super important. I mean, you and I can go grocery shopping today. I don't know if you've ever experienced one of those one of those stores where you can just like put your app on your phone and you walk in and then, you know, and you walk out with your stuff and they know exactly what you have in your cart and you don't have to interact with anyone. I haven't done that. Have you? Have you done it? <laughs> I ha- I have. Oh, it's man. actually 
pretty darn cool. Is it? So it it's pretty darn cool. So, right. So it's technology, it's leveraging, you know, I, it's pretty I'm, amazing. Actually. I'm not techie enough to know exactly what's the right technology behind all of that, but, but I can experience it enough that I know there has to be a way that we can better leverage this in healthcare. Yes. You know, today we're asking our nurses to nurses, physicians to go back to a computer and type in, yes, type in all of their stuff and check off boxes as they document the care that they provided. I'm sorry, but in today's environment and, and, uh, you know, and tomorrow I should be able to enter a room. I should be able to say, Hey, whichever technology you want to use, <laughs> this is still right. And they know yeah. that I'm the registered nurse and they know I'm taking care of soul today. And I could be able to say out loud, I'm, I'm about to do a cardiovascular assessment and soul. I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to be talking out loud so that we can document this together. But more importantly, let's engage in a conversation. If you have any questions about it, let me know. I mean, how engaging is that? And how much of bringing joy back in my practice where I don't have to go back to the nurse's station and enter all my stuff. That has to happen. So AI, technology, telehealth, virtual health, I have to believe that is here to stay and is here to we have more of that. I'm actually excited about the opportunity. There is so much to be excited about. Yeah, you know, so I was having a conversation with, uh, I don't know if you know Molly McCarthy over uh -huh. at Microsoft. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And we were talking about this, right? Like, okay, you guys have nuance now. Let's do some magic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what I love that she said is like, hey, just like you, you mentioned, so nurses, because let's take care of physicians. Let's take care of nurses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, 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 yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you think about the traditional healthcare environment, uh, i.e. the hospital, Yes. Which, which is not going to go away anytime soon. There's always going to be a need for people to, unfortunately, that they'll, they'll need 24-7 care in a setting so that they can be constantly observed and where people can walk in and really you know, care for them. And who is that that does that 24-7? It's the nurses. Nurses. So a shout out to you nurses listening to this. So many promising things to keep you inspired and, and to keep it going and just, there's, there's, there's so much promise. So thank you for what you do. Please keep doing it. We, 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 we would all not be doing very well if it wasn't for you. This is so stimulating. So we could, we could chat for hours. So, so thank you for, for bringing your thoughtfulness. Can you leave us with a, a closing thought and the best place that the listeners could connect with you or follow your work? Yeah, you know, first of all, I would uh, I want to make sure that we remind ourselves that people deserve to experience you, to experience me, to experience you, Soul, at your best, right? And the best way I know how to do that is to always be fully present in the moment, demonstrating warmth with others, sharing you care about them, being vulnerable. When we show up as loving leaders, as warming leaders, as warm leaders, I should say, trust develops. And when trust is present, that's when you're able to inspire others and, 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 and greatness occurs. Inspiration is the essence of leadership. So don't be shy to show up as a loving leader is, is I guess, the key message here. 
And lastly, I certainly would invite everyone to follow me, follow us on social media, Providence on Twitter, Providence Health System on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And so I can't thank you enough for inviting me today. Oh, it's been a it's been a true pleasure, Sel. And I want to underscore your message here. And and everybody listening, be present, be a loving leader, be vulnerable. Let's take this example that Sel has left for us today, not only as inspiration, but a call to action to actually do something about it. So thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You bet.